Well, here's one showing its age a bit now, in terms of the comedy and the sound quality. First broadcast in May 1974, it was apparently a parody of the old Simon D TV show. It's the Betty Witherspoon Show, and here's Betty! Come on, Betty, come on, sing along. Come on, Betty. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Oh, how lovely. Thank you, thank you. Uh, now, as you know, at the beginning of each programme, I try to entertain at you. At the end of each programme, you're still trying. <laughs> nice to see you back again, Ken. <laughs> Now, thank you. Is there any song you would like my violin and I to bring to you? How about the Cenopod song? The Cenopod song? How does it go? Very regularly. <laughs> no, I think I play... <laughs> I think I... Ah, oh, come right out yes, with an idea. You certainly do. Well, I'm going to play for you now. Mother, don't smoke cigars in bed. You'll change poor granddad's nighty. I hope you like it. Here it goes. Beautiful dreamer. That's right. Beautiful dreamer. You know, I had a dream last night. I dreamed that someone was stealing my alarm clock. And when you woke up, it was gone? No, but it was going. <laughs> I see. Mm. You would say that. Mm. Not to mention Mr Gladstone. Mr Gladstone? I told you not to mention Mr Gladstone. Oh. But since you have, it gives me the opportunity to tell you about my grandfather, who was Mr Gladstone's tailor. He made Gladstone's bags. Well, yes, Ken. As a matter of fact, customers used to come back to him and say, it's remarkable. How do you make these trousers last? Well, how did he make the trousers last? He made the jacket first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, he was a remarkable chap in many ways, you know. Family legend has it that in 1851, when he was only 11, he made his own way from Liverpool to London to see the great exhibition at the Crystal Palace. There he was, 11 years old, setting out to walk from Liverpool to London, and he made good time. His schedule was Liverpool Monday, Manchester Tuesday, Sheffield Wednesday, and Leeds United. <laughs> and on the Thursday, he sat down, dispirited, by the side of the road. London seemed further away than ever. And indeed it was, he'd been travelling the wrong way. <laughs> but just then, when things seemed blackest, he noticed a lucky horseshoe, and then another... And another, and yet another, four lucky horseshoes. And the horse was still wearing them. <laughs> and in the saddle was a ragged-looking gentleman who, though poor, was a kindly man. And he generously offered to give the boy a lift to London. And so those two poor souls rode to London, back to back. It was the only way they could make ends meet. <laughs> Standing outside the magnificent great exhibition, there he was, and tears in his little eyes, all three of them. And the kindly policeman who was passing said, Son... Son, why are you crying? And the boy said, Oh, how I wish that my mother were here. And the policeman said, Why is that, son? He said, Because I left me ticket in her purse. (laughs) 
I thought you'd like that sad story. And now it's time to go over to Inspector Spules at the Intelligence Unit of New Scotland Yard. Are you ready, Inspector? Thank you, mon chéri, mon petit chou. How do you learn? How do you try? Oh, get on with it, Inspector, please. Get on with it. We've just heard that archaeologists have found the remarkably preserved body of an Ice Age woman in the Chiltern Hills, who, according to experts, was murdered and buried in a rough grave there some 3,750 years ago. At the moment, the police are looking for a 3,786-year-old man who might be able to help them with their inquiry. The public are warned that under no circumstances should they try to tackle this man who is, is believed to be armed with a fully automatic dinosaur cudgel. And is highly dangerous, not to say... Odorous. Thank you, thank you, Inspector. Au contraire, thank you, sweetie. Blue eyes, shade, white, fruity face, confrey dans les batailles. That's enough. That's quite enough of that, all that French. You're giving me a bad name. The audience are beginning to talk. I don't blame them. I'm having to listen to you all the time. <laughs> Oh, get back in your box. Somewhere soundproof anyway, because, ladies and gentlemen, it is song time. So, as the Betty Witherspoon Chorale braces itself for action, stand by for blasting. Maestro, music, please. The budgie had a headache, the moggy had a cough. I just fell down a man, oh, oh you got a laugh. I got up one morning on the wrong side of the bed The blooming wall had blown down and I fell down on me head Oh, the wife, she put the cat out, she put me out as well Now I really know how cold it is in hell The she had a headache, the moggy had a cough I just fell down on man, oh, oh, you got it on a zebra crossing the ambulance came at once it failed to break and hit me right on my blooming bumps oh. oh i went to the doctors oh i did feel queer i had to drop me trousers he said there's no wrong here oh she had a headache the monkey had a cough i just fell down a man oh Mother-in-law, she came to stay. The wife, she moved straight out. Now everything's gone crazy, and the tortoise has got gout. Oh, I went to have an eye test. I read everything right back, but didn't read the warning before the ice went crack. Oh, the monkey had a headache. The monkey had a cough. I just fell down a man. Oh, oh, we got a laugh. I just fell down a man. Folks, you've got to laugh. Don't forget that. Smile in the face of trouble. Eat, drink and be merry and all that. Get your mind off things. Actually, last week I thought I'd relax a bit. So I went off to a nightclub for the evening. I thought it would be great. That was until I met the cloakroom attendant. Oh, good evening, sir. Good evening. I'll take your things, sir. Your hat. Hat. Gloves. Gloves. Your cane, sir. Cane? What are you going to do with them? Give me the moonlight. Give me the girl. And leave the rat to... Oh! 
Oh, I say, would you help me get my leg down off that rack, sir? Oh, there. oh I nearly tipped over. Tipped over. Tip, tip, tip. Hint, hint, hint. There's a salsa on the counter here. Here. Oh, sure there is, yes. Very nice. British porcelain, is it? No, sir. British rail. <clears throat> Rules of the club, sir. Are you a member of this club? Well, no, I was... Um, a matter of fact, I was hoping you'd get me in. Mm, no, Cigarette? No. Cigarette? No, thanks. No, I, I prefer tips. 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 Tip, 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 hint, hint, hint. There's a saucer here. There's a saucer. Well, actually, you know, I was looking for a friend. Oh, I said, I'll be your friend. Now, don't you play games with me, my man. Yeah, sure, sure. Rules of the club, rules of... Well, we had to clamp down on unruly behaviour. Last week we had a police raid, no. sir. Yes. Thieves got away with three inspectors, two superintendents and a chief constable. <laughs> I bet they got a tip-off, a tip-off. Tip, tip, tip. Hint, hint, hint. The saucer here. Hint, hint. Why, saucer. yes, what a lovely saucer. Well, are you going to let me in? You can't just walk in here like that, sir. Well, I walk in here like this. And maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe I can find a little something for your saucer. Oh, well, all right then. Follow me. Come this way. Waiter, a cup and teaspoon for this saucer, please. <laughs> Now, without further delay, over to a doctor's surgery. Come in. Oh, good morning. Now, what seems to be the trouble? Oh, it's, 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 it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible, Doctor. I have flowers, flowers growing out of the top of my head. Hmm. <gasps> Do you know where they've come from? No, Doctor, there wasn't a card. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. And now I think it's high time for our documentary feature. It's time for Witherspoon's World, and this week Betty casts her beady eye at the modern world of stress and worry and answers the question, are people who take iron tablets overwrought? <laughs> but doctors have proved the greatest cause of worry and stress is lack of sleep. Hello? Hello, Doctor. It's Mrs. Raquel Welsh of Hendon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My husband's in a terrible state. You'll have to do something for him. He's not getting any rest at all. Oh, yes, Mrs. Welch. Your husband obviously needs complete quiet. I'll prescribe some sleeping pills. Oh, fine, Doctor. When do I give them to him? Oh, you don't. They're for you. <laughs> and, of course, the inevitable distressing sequel in a cemetery somewhere near Golders Green. Try, try not to take it so hard, lady. But it's my hubby. How could he do this to me without so much as a by your leave? Your husband? Yeah. But it says on the gravestone, sacred to the memory of Mrs. Rachel Welch of Endon. Oh, yes. We put everything in my name. <laughs> I suppose you could say that the single institution that produces most stress is marriage. A fellow I know came up to me the other day and he said, Did you hear about my wife? She ran off with my best friend. I said, What are you talking about? I'm your best friend. He said, Not anymore. <laughs> but, not bad, is it? But marriage apart, the most efficient way of causing distress is through the ancient art of torture. Over now to the Dauphin's camp. And I'm not kidding. The year is 1400 and frozen to death. English pig, how many archers are there in the Duke of Rutland's army? All you're getting is my name, rank, and serial number, you French swine! How are the tongs, Gaston? The branding tongs are red hot, sire, red hot. 
Well, English pig, how many archers are there in the Duke of Rutland's army now? I would be branded alive before I would rat on 4,675 brave English archers. And now, and now, of course, there is Torture's modern counterpart. Gaston, are the tongues red hot? Oh, yes, Pierre. Gaston, is the current on? Have you sharpened the blade? Oh, yes, Pierre. And have you got him ready yet? Yes, he's ready, Pierre. Good. Now, Doc, do you want a blow-wave or a shampoo? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds just like my barber. One saw a Gladys of Whopping. As we all know, one of the tried and tested ways of curing a problem you're worried about is to write to the problem page of a newspaper. Yes, dear Marge, I don't really know whether you can. However, you seem such a nice person. I thought I'd tell you about my... Well, quite simply, is that I can't finish off. (laughs) There is, as you can imagine. I mean, it leads to a great deal of... and also considerable. What can I do to rid myself of this embarrassing... I've tried rubbing creams and lotions onto my right and only the other day my doctor poked an exploratory probe into my... but nothing happened except that it become inflamed and swelled to the size of an elephant's. Does your resident medical have any? If so, could you send them to me in a plain brown? Yours faithfully, under stress and written in a great deal of... stains. But stress can affect different people in different ways. For instance, take this 999 emergency call. Fire station here. Oh, thank goodness you see, lad. I've just had this expensive new rock garden built and put in some new expensive plants. Yeah, but where's and the fire? There's 50 quid's worth of new turf. Like yes, I see, but and where's some the... very costly fruit trees. Well, never mind all that. Where's the fire? It's next door, but I don't want you lot trampling all over my garden. <laughs> Of course, at times we all worry, if not about our gardens, certainly about our jobs. Uh, principally in this business, where the next one is coming from. But everybody worries, you know, even the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> uh, my son, it's nice to come out into the countryside and relax away from the turmoil of the city. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. And what do you do for a living? Well, there I be a shepherd. Oh, well, you know, my son, I, I, in a way, I too am a shepherd, but in my flock I have some 40 million. Why? You must have one hell of a time come lambing season. (laughs) (laughs) But at least the Archbishop has got a steady job and doesn't have to meet his boss every day like the rest of us. Smith! Smith! Smith, you are an hour late. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir, but you see, I had an accident this morning. Oh, oh, you you see, my daughter was playing on the window seat and nearly fell from our flat window. Oh, 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 but I made a grab at her and managed to save her. But but, but I overbalanced, you see. Oh, 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 and fell out three floors onto the dustbins. And that took an hour. You know, it's getting like that at the BBC. No security. They don't even paint the producers' names on the doors anymore. As one of them told me the other day, I didn't mind too much that they wrote my name on the door in chalk. 
But I did think hanging a wet sponge on the doorknob was going too far. <laughs> the trouble is, if things really get on top of you, you end up in hospital. And then there are even more worries. Hello, St. Luke's Hospital. Sister O'Sullivan speaking. Oh, hello. Could you tell me how Stan Perkins is getting on in Ward 3? Oh, Stan Perkins. Yes. Now, let's see. Oh, yes. He had his operation two days ago. Yes. It was a complete success. Oh. And he'll probably be able to go home in three days' time. Ah. Uh, who is that calling? Stan Perkins in Ward 3. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, some people worry about their age or their mortgage or worry trying to remember what they were worrying about this time last year. If you work at it, you can find new things to worry about every day. Here, here, here. Oh, oh. I'm right worried, you know, Bert. Why, Al? Oh, look, it's, look, it says in this paper here, look. In 20 years, there'll be a serious shortage of food, beer and houses mm -hmm. if the present rate of population increase carries on. Carries on. It says this. 822,000 babies born in this country every year. Whoa. And if that's right, it works out there's a woman giving birth to a baby every 38 and a half seconds. So what? Well, we've got to find this woman and stop her. <laughs> and just to make you even more worried, one person in every three born today is Chinese. So just think about that next time you see the Beverly Sisters. <laughs> Come to think of it, stress means different things to different people, as our reporter found out in Darkest Scotland. Hello, good evening, and welcome. Here I am in the Isle of Skye. Aye, excuse me. Yes, Janet? I, I wonder if you could oblige me with a cigarette. But I thought you'd stop smoking, Janet. Aye, well, I've reached the first stage. I've stopped buying them. Yeah, yeah seriously, Janet, really see. Well, Janet, I was going to question you about the links between cigarette smoking and stress, but I couldn't help noticing when you came up you've got a very bad limp. Is that corns or something? No, no. You see, I take size eight shoes and the pair I'm wearing are only six and a half. Well, that's a bit silly, isn't it? Aye, but look at it my way. My boyfriend, Angus, has called off the engagement. I'm under notice at Arden House. And Dr Snoddy's told me to give up my wee dram of whiskey. The only bit of comfort I've got is when I get home and take off these blasted shoes. <laughs> Thank you, thank, you, thank you, Janet. That's more than enough, dear. Give her two lines, she sees the show. <laughs> anyway, that's all we can stand of Willisman's World of Stress. Next week, Betty will tell you how to remove ink stains from a carpet by simply using hot water, soap, and a pair of household scissors. <laughs> and now, a commercial break of special interest to those of you who are susceptible to the common cold. It's fantastic, it's fabulous, it's new. The 30-second cold cure. Yes, we at Leachams have perfected the 30-second cold cure. From now on, you need not suffer every winter. All you need do is to contact us and get the 30-second cold cure. All you have to do is to catch 31 colds, come to us, and we'll guarantee giving you the 30 seconds. <laughs> And while we are addressing the suffering members of our listening audience, we'd like to dedicate the next few minutes to those of you who are trying to buy houses. I mean, the prices are quite terrible at the moment, and some of the estate agents are a bit suspect, too. Oh, 
Let's see. Uh, Terrace Cottage, two up, two down. No stairs. 20,000 on Monday. Days Thursday. Oh, that must be worth about 32,000 baht now. <laughs> I just think I could get that for it. Uh, good morning. Oh, okay. uh, yes, morning. Uh, you are uh, an estate uh, agent? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, Honest Sid, house sales, escort agency, and part time mint. Well, I wonder, can you help me? Uh, I want a house. Name? Uh, Ronald Morris. You've got some identification. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Well, put your signature to this cheque for £50. Uh, I'll accept that. Are you married? Uh, yes. I'll yes. make it out to S. Venable. Oh, no, it's S. Johnson this week. Uh, nice looking wife. Oh, yes, sir. How I... often do you make love? Is this relevant? No, but it's very interesting. <laughs> look, look, I just want a house. Are you sure, sir? Mm. I'd say you were a man of the sea. You think so? Oh, yes. You've got the legs for it. Mm. It just so happens I could let you have a very nice barge. Oh, well. Only 130 years old. It'll cost a mere 6000 to salvage it off Dunkirk. It's been under for 30 years, so you'll have no problems with dry rot. But what about damage? Oh, you soon get rid of that. I'll lend you my air dryer. No, look, I'm not interested. Just a normal house near the town centre. It sounds... Oh, well, I've got just a thing for you. Central site, right on the high street. Victorian it is. Very spacious. Oh, that sounds more like it. I'll go and see it. You can't miss it, sir. Two entrances. One Mark Jens and the other one Lady. <laughs> Lots of people have been desperate to get into it. (laughs) Look, haven't you got a nice, simple little semi? Oh, how about this one, then? Look, there's two reception, three Mm. bedrooms, kitchen baths, and a spacious hallway. Oh, perfect. And slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse? Yes, a control tenant in the basement. He's a butcher, takes a lot of work home at night. Oh, no, sorry, I, I'm off. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're, not interested in, if you're not interested in any of our offers, sir, perhaps you'd care to sign this paper removing your name from our books. Oh, all right, anything. Uh, that's right, don't bother to read the small print, sir. It's in Serbo-Croat. Well, a pleasure to do business with you, well, sir. Well, I'll say. be a No, 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 now. stay here, stay here. I'll go. If you wouldn't mind forwarding your cheque to my bank in Zurich. What cheque? For your new home, sir. You just signed a contract to buy this office for 15000 Ta-da! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Nigel, over to you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air proudly presents Wuthering Heights. Hey, Mickey Thump. Hey, little lass. It's a right muckin' eat out on Moors. Tithy, Cathy lass. Oh, pardon me, Joseph, but hearing you speak just now, I wondered if you really were Yorkshire. Yorkshire? Hey, gum lass, if I was any more Yorkshire, I couldn't speak at all. <laughs> Joseph, it's the door, answer it. Well, it hasn't said anything yet. Oh, you know what I mean. Hey, lass. Tis Yon Eastcliff on doorstep. Aye, and I'd like to stay here the night. Well, stay there, then. Eastcliff, he must have known that my husband was away in Leeds. What are we going to do? Stop my either in last your old servant Joseph is here to look after thee. I'll deal with him, the varmint, old as I am. Hey, Joseph, you're not old. Nay, and why does Queen keep sending me telegrams? Hey! <laughs> eh? Well, I'll see him off. Where's me old shotgun? Heathcliff! Hold it, I'll shoot! Hold it, I'll shoot! <laughs> Lucky for thee, he halted, Joseph, or you'd have missed. Oh, Joseph, now we'll have to bring him in, he's hurt. Come in, you big Jesse. <laughs> Where did I get thee? Right up the jumpers, you fool. Go on, call me a doctor. You're a doctor? No. This is no doctor. 
<laughs> cheap jokes. I'm in dreadful pain. Run for the doctor, Joseph. I'll be all right on me own. Aye, aye, mistress, but do you remember this, Cliff? Remember this? That young lass is a Venus de Milo girl. Oh, what does that mean? Hands off. <laughs> Come on, Heathcliff, make thyself comfortable. Have a seat by fire. No, thanks. After that gunshot, I prefer to stand. Well, then have a glass of old ale while you're here. Aye, I will. Hey, I must say, it looks like rain, doesn't ah, it? but they still charge two bob a pint for it down at the low. <laughs> Does they like my new dress? I got it in Leeds for a ridiculous figure. I can see that, lass. <laughs> oh, oh, Heathcliff, Heathcliff, we were right fools not marrying each other when we had chance. Ah, oh, lass, it's a rich shot when you and Edgar Linton married. I thought it was a mere flirtation. Ah, so did I. Oh, Heathcliff, I was a fool when I married Edgar Linton. As lass, I suppose you were, but he was so much in love with you, he didn't notice. Mm, aye, Heathcliff. I did hear that thee and Isabella Linton were married one day last week. It isn't true last, we were married two days. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, I'm thinking of leaving her for good. But Heathcliff, you can't. You took her for better or worse. Ah, but she's worse than I took her for. <laughs> Oh, Heathcliff, you're incorrigible. Well, encourage me, then. <laughs> Darling, I love you so. So what? Oh, so sit down and warm this, Emma. Oh, Heathcliff. Oh, 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 Cathy, oh, come on, Cathy, my dear. <laughs> come on, give us a kiss. Oh, but what about Joseph, the servant? He wouldn't like it. But I'm not going to kiss him, am I? <laughs> oh, Cathy, mm. where, where did you learn to kiss like that? When I was a young lass, I used to blow up hot water bottles. <laughs> oh, come on, lad, kiss me again. But the aunt Cathy aren't sure anymore. There's a married woman. After supper, I'll have to go. Oh, Heathcliff, darling, what'll I do without you? The washing up. <laughs> but Heathcliff, love is blind. Oh, I know, dear, but the neighbours aren't, so draw the curtains. Oh, oh, oh. oh Heathcliff, it's nearly midnight. You'd better get going soon. All right, let's put the lights out then. Come on. Oh! Hey! What's going on here, lass? <laughs> Sounds right disgusting. Look here, you varmint. Take your hands off, young lass. In this family, we do have scruples and all. Oh, it's all right. I've been inoculated against them. <laughs> anyway, lads, get on the table. I've brought doctor with me. Yes, now let's examine you. How did this happen? Uh, well, you see, uh, there was a little spot of trouble and he got it in the fracas. Fracas? <laughs> Is that what they call it now? Uh, and Joseph, you shot him. Uh, doctor, will you have to operate? I'm afraid so. I'll need clean water in case of infection. Oh, uh, uh, and you'll need clean gloves in case of infection. And you'll need a clean coat in case of infection. And you'd better put on a clean hat in case of infection. Oh, that's morbid. Aye, you can put on a clean morbid hat and we'll see how it goes. Well, how will it go? It'll go on a clean morbid hat. On a clean morbid hat. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, Betty Witherspoon's Theatre of the Air will be rendering that famous story about the dog who leapt at his master's throat and ate his beard. And it's called, wait for it, Chu Chin Chow. <laughs> <laughs>
Until then, on behalf of Betty and myself and all the rest of us, thank you for coming and goodbye. The Betty Witherspoon Show starred Ted Ray and Kenneth Williams and featured Miriam Margulies and Nigel Reese. The music was by Neil Innes, the script was by Michael Whale and Joe Steeples with additional material by Fred Metcalf, Peter Spence, Chris Allen and David McKellar. The violin was played by Ted Ray and The Fool by Kenneth Williams and the programme was produced by Simon Brett. <laughs>